Englishman in San Diego. At Meanwhile Comic Con, Worthing 2018. Like the the Trumpsters, is you, your inclination is to say is to is to throw all of your logic and your facts and say this is what's going on. I'm going to shove this in your face and make you see reason. But when you when you are dealing with the unreasonable, none of that works. Yes. So the best thing to do is ignore them. But it's so difficult yeah. to do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's starting to. I mean, like I say, this is mostly American. Although, admittedly, I think we were talking earlier as well, there's a large volume of Brits... I mean, this kind of ties in with the topic of what we were going to talk about, um, small press and uh, indie publishers here in the UK that are weighing in, because we're seeing it from the perspective of comics creators that don't do stuff with tapes. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's, we, there's a a different perspective so we end up wading in and then you get the Americans giving it the full um, uh, attack um, but that's why I'm really proud of the small press um, setup at the moment in this country because it is such a strong family of creators and creatives that support each other against this the, uh, against all adversities not just outside attacks like Comicsgate, but also just financial issues about actually getting books made and stuff. Yeah. Come in, we're having a little bit of a fireside chat kind of thing, so we're having a little bit of a round table and you can jump in and all so, that. So I guess, I guess you're right, so, so we get, we've been doing this for 16 years now. Yeah. We, we just give advice to anybody and everybody. Yeah, it's very embracing. Yeah, the idea yeah. is that there's um, no head at the table. We're all we're all part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is our final panel of the day, and it's kind of become a little bit of a, a little get a gathering of minds, as it were. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and record it, but um, uh, it, by all means, if you do want to jump in, because what the small press panel at uh, Chichester became, uh, I started it as a kind of panel which was about the landscape of small press in this country and it ended up being okay how do I actually get the books made so it can go either way it, if, I mean are you guys wanting to try and get stuff made at this point are you wanting to make comics you might you have an, a germ of an idea yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah, you may want to pick that up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my uncle's John Higgins. That's a name you can. I'd keep that in your back pocket. That's a nice one to just. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's very cool. I do really like that, and I think that it might be a nice place to go, but I'm not entirely sure, so I think you have to do a combination course at college. So okay. So is that an art foundation, general yeah. art? Yeah. Do you know Chris Ware? Um, really interesting American artist, um, cartoonist. He's he's a historian. He's sort of all these different things, but um, he does some really almost architecturally based comics. The, the structure, the way that he plays with panel layouts and flow, 
Yeah, really simple, clear Jimmy lines. Have you got yeah. that massive oversized book? Yeah. yeah. That's just what is it, is it apartments or flats? What is it? So but stories. Stories, yeah, stories, which, which yeah. is this massive, big, stocking book that's resting <laughs> behind, behind <laughs> the back but, of my but sofa. You can make buildings. Well, yeah. 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 You make buildings it's with it. It's just uh, yeah. amazing stuff. But it's, you know, it's, it is very much... Um, yeah. it, there might be some, some application to your other interests. Chris Ware, W-A-R-E. Another name I'm going to throw out at you is actually a guest at Chichester. Um, not, um, not John Higgins. No, not John Higgins. No, no. <laughs> um, it, it's Alison Sampson. If anything, because while she doesn't apply it so much in terms of a true representation of her architectural work, because she is an architect by trade, um, in terms of the way she actually applies it to constructing story, so she actually uses her architectural knowledge to telling comic stories and the way that you actually then make a solid story, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's weird how she has applied her architectural training, but it works. Her, solid, her, her stories are always absolutely rock solid. I, I do think that art, in, in general, art practices in general, can find a niche today within comics. I, I started out at university doing set design within comics. Um, and I think so many of the elements that I learned from set design go right into coming yeah. Um So that's basically where uh, we could go anywhere with the conversation. Um, I, I brought this up earlier, and I want to know if I'm right with this. It's even kind of, dis I discern it from the panel that I did at the last meanwhile. Last year, it felt like the conversation and the tone of independent comics and small press in this country was, we are strong um, community making stories on our own terms. In 2018, it's exactly the same. We are a strong community making stories on our own terms. Now, please pay us. Does that make sense? That there's a definite feeling that, okay, we need to make this pay now. Or, or is that always been there? Am I, have I, I just been? Various, no, I think it varies. So, so I work in IT. Yeah. So this is a hobby, right? And I think for, for, for me, me it's, it's for me it's quite. I can sit back and if it does well, it's great. <coughs> but I'm not that desperate. Yeah. But I think there are more people now coming through that they want to make it their career. That, yeah. Okay. I think, that, 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 I think that's okay. If not, pay me then. Making it a career. Yeah. I mean, literally, literally I've just changed my job. I've gone down from five days a week to three days a week. Now committing to no, Mondays and Fridays, and now going to this. Right. Also, also organising meanwhile, but also doing comics yeah. and, and sure. the creative side of my life. I'm trying to yeah, get into that. Okay. I, I think the, yes, I agree with what you're saying, but I also think a lot of that is because the quality in the English, in the UK um, small, press. small press is just. I mean, like, it's staggering, like, isn't it? My, like my good friend um, Nick Prolix, his his Sheep in the Wolf series is slightly pictorial. You, know, you compare issue one to issue three. Issue three is this beautiful work of art. It's, sort of, it's subtle and it's lyrical. And you know, the, I've seen so many books that I've followed for the last couple of years. And you look at the current issues, and it's professional work. Now, is that down to a general drive to make the industry more slick 
or more professional and more mainstream, or is it just the fact that Comics Printing UK has really settled their so game? That, <laughs> so I, I think so. So when, when we started 16 years ago, hand printed, you know, I remember the yeah. photos, you know, the printer filling it up, running out of ink cartridges, all that stuff, yeah. It got better and better and better, printing got better, but the competition got stronger. We compare ourselves with competition and we have to have our game. You know, just in not, not, not Marvel, this is this is small press independent stuff. So we're forever competing with each other. I think that raises our standards without yeah. consciously doing it because we say, oh, that's really good, I need to make mine, you know, and it, and it is, and that's feeding us, I think. I think we're feeding ourselves and getting better and better. Okay. Because um, I see it at conventions, because obviously that's my little bubble of focus of attention. And I'm seeing the artist alleys get better. Mm. And it's even the artist alleys aren't the you know, trestle table nonsense anymore. It's yeah. more of a production affair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where has that come from, do you think? I mean, is it is it the American influence, or are we? Is it like you say, feeding our own? I think it's. I think it's internal. I think it is. Yeah. I, think, I think it is. We look at other people. They go, oh, they've got prints. So maybe we should do a few prints. And they seem to be doing quite well. They look really good on the table, and they're holding them. They're put, putting on these boards or banners. Yeah. Or we should get a banner, and it it feeds itself because you want to look as good as your competitors, which yeah. we all are. Yeah. Although we're all friends with each other, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be the one that looks like. The that's in the corner it's got a hand print when everyone else has got nice glossy things with banners and all the rest of it I think it's just competition it's just healthy yeah. I'm yeah. certainly if, if I've got something new I will share it I mean like the, yeah. like the, like the beer mats or something like that you know I, that's great I found well, I saw somebody else doing them I asked where did you get them from yeah. they're willing to tell you and I asked you and you told me but yeah. I haven't got around to doing it yet yeah that's right you know, and it's that yes yeah, healthy it well, and, it's, and it's, it's folks like Simon who, who are putting on more conventions so I know that there is there are people out there who are voting about convention fatigue, that there are too yeah. many of them. But to be honest, the, the side effect of us all doing more and more conventions means we're getting more efficient, we're getting better at it. Yeah. And we're helping point people in directions, like, oh, where'd you get that roller banner from? Oh, such and such, really good price, use that. You know, if you need to do this, use this designer. Oh, I found this resource here. You, I thought of you when I saw it. Um, yeah. Again, what I said earlier in the other, the other panel is that you know, the, the UK comic landscape, it's a, it's, everybody is holding the ladder, helping each other out. Um, but I think, I think the one thing that, sorry to pay, I think the one thing we lack is kind of a quality gate or that kind of honest feedback. Someone brings their work before they print it. Hmm. So when I started, we had people come and say, this is what I think of printing. We give advice before they spend money, hmm. which may be, don't do it because the answer is wrong and it's inconsistently wrong and, you know, it's just the next well, I think that's, that's the reason why I follow comics print in uh, CPUK because certainly is I love it when he goes on rants about bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> I just absolutely adore it. I love it when he's wanting everyone to just kind of can, look, just give us it in the right format so I can print it. Yeah, properly. yeah, yeah. I think I must probably cause some of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that case, then, this was a question that I've been asking for a while. I am a big fan of the DIY aesthetic. The A4 sheet, the blue A4 sheet as the outer cover, yeah, yeah. self printing. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it because it, it for me it feels really it feels really real. Yeah, yeah. Is there a place for it anymore? At the end of the day, so so we used to do mocker in in New York. Yeah, mocker event we used to go there every year. Uh, it became more and more that, and less and less the, the, the slickly printed. You know, so we we stopped going because it became more arty, crafty. As we kind of you know, it's not yeah. being nasty, but. It was more homemade things with string held together, but it has its place. I think over here, I think people expect you know the slick comic. They're not as open to that kind of craft kind of 
production. There are there are zine phase in you know the, the kind of the flagship of that is LCAF, I think. You know, LCAF is that pinnacle of these are really good art books that that probably started out life as zines and then the designer got better and yeah. you know, the more tools, more printing quality allowed them to then create what's much better than LCAF. But um, I yeah, I think there's still a, a place for doing yourself. And as you said, you know, I don't I don't think anybody should not no. print their book. For what they, you know, it's, it would be nice if somebody said, save your money and go to like Kinko's or go to some awesome business, not so many photocopier places. Now. But you know, go photocopies at first, yeah. pass it around a bit, get some, get some. Yeah, feedback. exactly. exactly. Um, so I think there's still a place for it. But yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, there must be. There must be zine fairs. I know that there were some at my old university. No, 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 not the one. Doesn't Sean Esperati run one in London? I think he stopped. Is he? I okay. think he has. I, I run. Um, I I work in a school, and um, on Tuesdays lunchtime, I've got a comic club, where we all sit around and draw comics. And the goal is every year we put together a zine, yeah. just so they, the kids, get to see the process of photocopying their work, yeah. figuring out what scale ratio to to enlarge or or shrink their work. Stapling it all together, working on the cover together. I, I think it's really important for, for a creator to kind of learn those steps so that your, your work is it's just as informed by anatomy and color theory and, and pacing as it is by what production value yeah. you're putting yeah. into it. Um, there's definitely a place for it, but it may be the way of digital is killing those things slightly. Yeah, possibly. I think for like um, people who are younger um, who are getting into comics, they're more used to pristine, perfect things because yeah. of the way that, because it's a bit contradictory saying we want it to be very nice. I would like to be nice, but at the same time, with our audience right now being young, if they are young, if that's what they're going for, they're used to being on the internet, being everything perfect, which I don't think is the best way to go, but... I don't know. Cause I mean, what we were talking about on the Kickstarter panel about actually one of the best ways to get stuff out there, the, the PDF method, that's going to be read on a tablet screen, it's going to be read on a laptop, it's, well, no, mostly on a tablet, yeah, so, web comics, so yeah, it, it needs to have some sense of uh, slickness. Mm -hmm. I want to then talk about getting stuff out there then, because um, <laughs> I've, you know, I've been talking about this, something to like the mainstream thing, and it, it's been... I mentioned it, brought this up in the States, and I brought it up well, before I went out to America. Why there were not any pop up comic book shops in cinemas. I hmm. never understood why Forbidden Planet or. So Orbital does. Orbital has done. Okay. But they've done it for very specific. For, yeah, very specific yeah. like opening nights. Yeah. Why isn't there like just a someone with a. Stand the size of something at a so, so standing there with, say, for example, when it's the, uh, the Avengers movie comes out, there you go, you've got. But, okay, I get that. But, so I speak to Ed Brubaker at the, one of the late things, um, and he said he was so thankful that the film was Captain America Winter Soldier because that was what his comic was called. Mm -hmm. You know, so people go, oh, yeah, I love that because it's of the film, they think, yeah. but it's not. But if you look at the continuity, so a friend of mine at work said, I oh, want my son loves the Flash TV series, what comic should he get? And I said, well, Guess the Flash TV series because if you guess the Flash, he's not going to understand anything because yeah. it's all different. Yeah. He says, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, they, they've changed things and they get confused, and you know, it's just and they don't but help the comic industry." It's, it's different. It's a different story. I mean, it, it, okay, if they yeah, but if he wants to, they want to see an adaptation. Well, he wants to see that those characters continued. Okay. And if they're not even, you know, he's white here, he's black there, it's a woman there, he hasn't got that power, she's a bad idiot. That sort of it's kind of confusing. I think, but I. I 
play devil's advocate here. I, I think there's something lovely about that. Yeah. Because comics, you know, particularly the mainstream, the two, big two, there's, there's, the argument is they're slightly inaccessible because they've been going on for so long. They have these mythologies that spiral out for decades. And they change them. And, you know, who, <laughs> you know costumes change, people yeah. change roles, they've got the same name for somebody who's been three different people. Um, but, yeah, so yeah, maybe at first it might feel like this kind of obtuse like, mountain to climb to get into it. But I think people like to, they like to discover little facts. They like to discover, I mean, just look at like, um, comic, I used to, to read comicbookmovie.com quite a bit. And you would have people on there who would come in and all of a sudden they would have this Wikipedia-like knowledge of Rocket Raccoon, like when Guardians of the Galaxy was first. And you know that before they commented on it, they went and spent some time on the Marvel Wiki, learning about Rocket Raccoon before coming in yeah. here to talk yeah. about it. So I think some people like that, yeah. that ability to go out with, yeah, exactly, yeah. a bit of a history. So, I mean, just to quickly finish up what I was going to say about the, the whole puppet shop, shop, certainly having like the graphic novels and stuff, but having like 399 floppies, just a selection of, so people so come out and just go, hang on a second, I've just spent $8.99 on a hot dog and a drink. <laughs> $3.99, I've got a comic book. At least then it's there and it's something else. Yeah. With small press and independent, can that directional, can that suggestion be applied to libraries? What do you mean? I don't know. Okay. There you go. Is uh, can we? I mean, I think the small press and indie scene very much is in a little bit of a bubble at the moment of that it's selling to um, inside conventions mm-hmm. and to some degree comic book shops because they you yeah. know if you physically go and take them to comic book shops actually getting them to people that perhaps would not have read a comic book before so we've Such had librarians. As in a library doing a pop-up uh, okay pop-up at a library so we've had librarians at cons okay yeah buying stuff and we give them stuff to her because she was for a library you know so yeah. um but yeah so it can i think there's interest i think yeah. obviously that lady i think it's two different people we've met what's been the feedback well, nothing. That's the problem. We don't, you, you know, we don't keep the details of the person. It's just we His, find out in chatting. They go off with the books, and, yeah. and that's lost. To, but you, yeah. Right. So okay. I, again, I work in a library in a school. And one of the things that I've been my mentor is to get comics into school. I work at a fairly exclusive private school as well. Um, so it means I've got a, we've got a bit of a budget that we can do these things. So we've, we've, we've actually, we, my head librarian picked up um, Girl Blue Dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got that in our, our collection. Oh. Um, one of the things I've, I've been asked to write an article for the school librarian um, magazine that comes out every September. So I've got an article about putting comics coming up in the next one. And um, one thing I did, I asked the editor when I submitted it just to say, here's the article. Um, one thing I've noticed is I've looked at the last few issues and you don't have any reviews of comics at all, yet you've asked for more comic content. Um, is, there, is there, you know, if I started submitting reviews for comics, would they be appreciated? Oh yeah, yeah, please do, please submit. Nobody's just, nobody's done it. So, um, I think school libraries are probably the way to start. But public libraries, um, unfortunately, they just don't have the budget. Mm-hmm. Under, the, under austerity, they've just, they've had it, because I worked in, a, in, the, in the Portsmouth Public Library before moving to the school, and um, our book budget, every year, slashed by another, yeah. Right. Double digits of. But should we should we give them? Should we, as a loss leader, give some books, you know, collectively to libraries so they yeah. know, so the kids I know, s- and people know this stuff that's yeah. not just Marvel and DC. I know that 
certainly there's some uh, Kickstarters that have gone about, and one of their one of the sort of things that they do as part of it, saying, "Hey, for every 50 backers, we'll we'll add another um, uh, 10 libraries to you know they'll send their books out to 10 libraries, okay. stuff like that." So that <coughs> I've seen that happen as, as incentives, I guess, and yeah, it yeah. seems to work. Yeah, that's yeah. I hadn't thought of it though. That's actually, I mean, maybe not selling them, but yeah, as as saying, you know, I just want readers to read it. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, what has been the general kind of talk and chatter within the small press and indie uh, scene about getting comics into the eyeballs of people out there? What's been the general consensus? It's tough. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So Diamond. So we've been through Diamond with some of our earlier books. Um, distribution to all the shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our early books are in, in Australia, America, wherever. Yeah, um, but they get they had a change of personnel, and basically, if it wasn't can I say tits on us, if they they weren't interested. Yeah. They know that sells, and they don't know that your thing will sell. Yeah. So they kind of made it harder and harder and harder for us to get stuff in, to the point now where we've gone Kickstarter because is diamonds is it a, a case of direct selling? Literally one. Well, I did. I shouldn't say it, but I, I have started. My whole, I've got a list of whatever 300 comic book shops in the UK. I'm ringing them up and saying, "Are you interested?" I've got catalogue pages together for my books, mm-hmm. with the, with the theory that I would then open that up once I've set that yeah, up yeah. to you know everyone else in, in in the indie market. So we have a standard page format, send it in. So because it is diamond is quite difficult as it's you impossible. say. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Well, I just haven't got time to sit build relationships with the diamond UK guys. Yeah, the Americans just call all the shots. Yeah, yeah. so. But yeah, so that, that's another thing that I'm working on. Um, is there a space or is there a... Because I can't find any kind of central hub for the independent... and th- um, I can't find any kind of no. like central site, no. as no. it were. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying not to... I really am trying not to use the word union. No, no. no. <laughs> I really am trying. Yeah. But, but com- yeah, as you said, comic house... To have some kind of... Yeah, yeah. Well, Comic House came in, and you know, I'm all behind Pete and what he's doing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's. I think he's put a lot of money into it, shall we say? So you know, but yeah, they I, are the, on the distribution end, though. Is there any um, kind of central hub for reviews? No, and it gets a little bit difficult. So if we if we managed that and ran it, so we thought about this quite a few times. If we ran that thing. Then we couldn't review our own work, mm. that, and when would we be under? You know, it's a difficult thing. It needs to be someone outside of the creative community to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, to give I'm saying your stuff's good and your stuff's not because they like him and I yeah, like him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, people yeah. start criticising for that, and it just becomes a, a negative thing for you. Really, you can't win. Yeah. yeah. I think so. You have to keep out of it, and we have. And I, I don't even like to put review. I'd like to put reviews on my blog, but I feel I'm not putting other people's reviews on, so they'll think I didn't think much of their comic because they didn't yeah. mention it. And, it's just a minefield. I, I think the first thing to do is, sorry, in, in my point of view, is to get that, that contact with the shops. And, yeah. uh, just but, the, but typically, um, maybe speaking out of comic shop people, but then not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, also, I, I got up to, I got up to, got up to like, um, halfway through, and uh, a lot of them were very positive. Okay. But I mean, I haven't said anything yet. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, anime and Sure. Um, you know, my anime list, you know that? Sorry? Um, my anime list. Yes, yeah, yeah. That has a lot of anime. It's not everything, but it has a lot of things and it has a lot of reviews and things. Maybe you could start something like that. Like, my comic list, but that would be a bit too big. 
<laughs> on the nose. Um, the thing about my enemy list, um, it the administration for that is they can't put a about us page on their website. It's too big. They have a re- review team in the thousands. They have a moderators team in the hundreds. There's the I mean the thing about anime and manga. It's sheer numbers. Yeah. It's just the the audience is just in, incredible, especially obviously in Japan. Um, so there's the numbers there. Here in the UK, it's a case of we rely on those numbers for say that site. For independent, it's difficult to actually find someone who's actually not only that because uh, there is no money in it to yeah. actually sit down and then yeah. do all of that work for nothing. It's hard. It's Have you hard. checked out um, Pipe Dream Comics? Yes. I mean, that, the, the glossies they're putting out now are lovely things. They really are. Um, and I think Alex is trying to kind of... I think, I, I think that's the reason why I was bringing it up, because I know he's trying. Yeah. I'm just wondering if he's actually making any traction. So there you go. He, I mean, I, I spoke yeah. to him at um, Gloucester last week. And, you know, for him, he, he has a, he's had a, a ten-year career in magazines. And he's he left because he was tired of of the of the of the rat race of it all. Um, so he's seeing pipe dreams at the moment as as purely kind of his his hobby. Yeah. Um, and he's he's bringing his experience of putting together a really slick glossy magazine to promote indie comics. Um, traction, I don't know. I've I've started to notice his name and pipe dreams mentioned a lot more, but that may be because. They're one of the few places around that's willing to do reviews yeah. for. I share stuff. as much as I can. I do because yeah. I think he's doing a great job. I, I I think you know a lot of it is is um, one, comic readership is a is a fickle thing. If the books aren't in comic shops, people aren't going to pick them up. I think people are also quite hesitant to pick up a book that they that, that they don't know when the next issue is going to come out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for a lot of small press people, it's. It's either it's a it's a hobby, so they do it when they can, and sometimes the window between one issue to the next is months, if not years, and um, and then those who do really well, it's you know it's the farm league for the pros to pick them up and put them on a book. Mm. I think so, so. We we have that issue, obviously, um, but uh, you know I, we only get to each place once a year, mm. apart from London. I think we do twice. So as long as you have your new book out for you know within a year of that con. Then the next, and we just say you'll have the next issue of the next con. Mm. That's that's a year or nine months ish, you know. But that seems to be okay with people. They, they kind of accept it. I think if you did that as a Spider-Man comic, you'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I think there's also a sense in something the mainstream, like say the big two, and also just not just the big two, in general comics mainstream anyway. If it's a known quantity, then it, there's some security that you are picking something up of of. Of quality, and that there's a sense of continuity that can come from that. In terms of small press, is it a case? Is Comic House as good as it's going to get? In terms of, if you are on Comics House, then you have a solidify, uh, like a, a a seal of. Well, we're not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like yeah, it's like Blue Fox that you have now a seal of legitimacy. People yeah. know that if it's on Blue Fox, yeah. it's going to be good. Um, and I, I'm just wondering, it's, it's, I'm trying to work out if there's a place for 
because at the end of the day there are lots of people just pre producing those one books um, it's trying to say that okay they are trying to compete in a market any there's got to be a foot up there's got to be some way of kind of helping put that seal on the smaller one yeah yeah the, I mean, the union yeah. idea isn't bad I mean, one thing that I think a lot of people just discount is the need for an editor yeah. <laughs> if, if there was a if, if there was some kind of collective team of, of editors and quality control checkers that was somehow paid by dues or something that allowed you to cover that to carry that you're describing this and in my head I've got Willy Wonka going on <laughs> this ideal world this yeah. Tr yeah. This but, it, but and that's it that's the thing though it's like how do you do that yeah so that, but if you had the central so if you had a hub you know where people put reviews on other and people score it then if they say, oh yeah, I agree with that, they score it, then you start to get some kind of quality mark, but then they get all their mates that you need to score it, and it kind of blows the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's no, there's no easy way apart from the panel of people, if you want to bring it, who, who read these things, give it a mark, and then, then give it a rating in a, in a kind of top 20 this month or whatever it is, yeah. you know. But who are those people, and why would they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Be us because and then, then you have your Veruca Salts coming in, ruining everything. Yeah, it's just a hard thing to crack. I think we are, I mean, what time are we at? Um, no, we are at uh, 3.47. I think we could kind of yeah. wrap it up there. I know that I've, I'm coming at it as somebody who just reads them. I can't, I don't produce them, I don't, I'm not in the world of publishing. And I just, I want the best for these great creatives that are out there. And at the moment it is such a minefield, it's such a hard marketplace to crack into. And I don't think I can see. I don't think I can see any kind of um, solution, but I'm also not seeing anybody actually looking for one. That's what's frustrating me yeah. at the I, moment. I, I was on a podcast, and uh, somebody asked you what I was excited for the following year, 2018, and uh, I can't remember what I said. But basically, afterwards, I thought actually the answer is the stuff that I don't know about, the stuff that I haven't thought about. Yeah. So even though you, you can't see it. Well, the exciting thing is coming up. Yeah, you so feel it. It's always yeah. a challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. The, the craziest thing is, um, you know, for all of us, we want to do so well that in the end, actually, we won't be independent anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. But it's, but it's crazy. Point. You know, that, that is where we're going for. Yeah. We want to make independent so good. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's no. Yeah. I, that's a bloody good point. We could just go off into that as well. Yeah. So, but I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, indeed, guys. Thank you. Thanks for thank you. Cheers. Cheers.